0: It was raining that night, so I told her to just sleep in my tent. You are already I'm... U-Hauling. Yeah. <laughs> in, a
1: <tent. laughs> in a tent. You might as well just stay here. Your tent I is know. really far away. Yeah, it's like <laughs> 10
0: feet over there, and it's drizzling right now. You wouldn't want to get wet. Mm.
1: Welcome back to Made It Out. I am so excited about who's on my couch today. I have been following Nicole from Dope Kitchen for four years. Oh my god. I've been watching you get baked and cooked. No way. Yes. <laughs> from the very start. For a while yeah. now. yes. And she just recently came out and so we're gonna hear all about it. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Tell me, let's just jump right in. But I wanna go back. Like, tell me where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Rhode
0: Island. Um, I came from a very Italian family, pretty big family. My childhood was, you know, fairly normal. I was, a dancer growing up and I was around a lot of feminine energy all the time, which mm. can be a, a scary thing. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, lots of drama in the dance world. If you've ever watched Dance Moms, that's my life as a kid. Sort oh, wow. Of. I mean, it was, you know, I did a lot of dance competitions and some moms can get really catty and girls can get really catty. So that was just part of my life growing up, but, um, otherwise my childhood was pretty normal. What I like to reflect on about my childhood now that I'm out as an adult is that I just never really had any opportunity to see myself in other people. Um, so I feel like I was assumed to be straight my whole life Mm -hmm. and I was assumed to be a certain way and didn't know that I could be, be any other way because I didn't have that representation.
1: So Do you think that being in the dance world affected your like maybe ability to see your queerness or coming out at all? Maybe because,
0: I mean, I'm constantly surrounded by women who or girls who have like crushes on boys and I just couldn't really relate. Um, I remember when a lot of my dance friends started to get boyfriends, I just felt Like I had to pull back from that friendship because I just couldn't relate or I wasn't having those same experiences. Like I didn't have a boyfriend in high school at all. So I just felt very different than everyone else, but I couldn't really figure out why or explain why.
1: So you didn't know that it was because of your queerness. Yeah. No. So you had kind no of idea. just, what did you think it was? You were like, I just. I thought I was a loser. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't that's know. That's tough. Cause yeah. you're like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing what you guys are doing. Yeah,
0: it was just confusing. And, you know, growing up in the nineties and early two thousands, there's just no representation on like in the media. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the media always portrayed lesbians as being a a physical type that men do not want at all, you know, Mm -hmm. cause God forbid a really hot woman likes other hot women. Mm -hmm. Um, because those are women that are reserved for men in the media, you know?
1: Yes. What a good way to put it. Yeah. And that's when like men get so angry. Yeah. I feel like at like, like hyper feminine lesbians are like, no, you're not, you're not gay. Yeah. Like you couldn't be gay. Exactly. We make we piss them off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so at what point did you date guys at all?
0: Yeah. Um all throughout my 20s and in college. So I had one boyfriend when I was 25 and he kind of sucked and one of my friends said like why are you with him? Do you just want a boyfriend? Is that it? Like are you just using him just to say that you have a boyfriend? And I was like I don't know, maybe, but it just made me think a little bit harder about why I was staying in a relationship with a man. And maybe he was just my beard. I don't know. Yeah, I was just like hiding and using another man to hide what I really wanted. So did you have a gay awakening or like a gay panic moment? After I had broken up with my boyfriend, I was like 26 ish. um, And I was still only dating men for a while. But it wasn't until the pandemic hit, I was 28. I think I had just turned 29 years old. I was like, okay, the world is ending. So (laughs) I can't wait any longer to try to discover who I am and what I want. So I changed my Bumble settings to only women. And I matched with this girl who I thought was super cute and she was really nice. And I kind of like Word vomited my entire story to her and was mm. like, "Listen, I have no experience with women. I'm just trying to date and like figure myself out. I feel like I'm going to be rejected. Blah blah blah." Like I was just, I was freaking out and having a panic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, "It's totally fine. We're all on our own journeys. But unfortunately, you're not for me. I need someone who's like more experienced and ready to settle down." Fuck. So I felt rejected because of my lack of experience, and I got scared again and didn't really try dating women again after that. So I just kept like finding excuses to push off the exploration of dating women. Um, and I kept forcing myself to date men cause I kept trying to believe the narrative about myself that I could potentially be straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hated dating because of that but I also surrounded myself with a ton of straight female friends who also hated dating. So I felt like my
1: experience was normal. Yes. We all feel this way. You hate men. I hate men. Like we're in this boat together.
0: Yeah. So I was just really confused because it seemed like all of my straight girlfriends were having the same experiences that I was having, but we can't all be gay or maybe we (laughs) are. I don't know. (laughs) So I don't know. I didn't really think there was anything, like off about my story that could push me even further into like finally giving up dating men and exploring women.
1: So looking back, when do you feel was the moment that it like clicked and you were like, okay, women, I think
0: it's not one particular moment, but it's a series of moments involving psychedelic drugs. Yes, of course it is. (laughs) Um, and I always want to say, please do these responsibly. (laughs) set and setting is really important for any psychedelic trip. (laughs) So I'm not encouraging illegal behavior, but encouraging responsible <laughs> recreational illegal behavior. <laughs> illegal behavior. <laughs> um, so I felt like there were there was a lot that needed to be healed about myself before I can really explore relationships with people. Like I feel like I kept making a, a series of bad mistakes in friendships. Mm -hmm. And it was friendships with other women, like women that I found attractive, I guess. And I feel like in a lot of my friendships with straight women that I would get so close to, like we were almost codependent and um, with each other a little too much. I felt like in my mind, I was almost treating that as a romantic relationship, but without the romance or the sex. And they were just treating me as their friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kept like, I kept being in this like bad behavioral pattern with friendships where I would kind of ruin friendships with straight women that I would get too close to because I maybe saw our relationship a little differently or there was maybe a part of me deep down that wished it was a romantic relationship because I loved being close friends with women. Um so I just kind of got fed up with myself and went into therapy and did more like psychedelics to try to figure out why I kept repeating this bad behavior with other friendships. And I kind of started to confront the fact that maybe I wanted more out of those friendships and maybe I just really wanted to be gay and being close friends with a woman while still dating men was like the closest I could get to feeling like I was a lesbian, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It makes total sense. Yeah. So I got into therapy. I kept doing like mushrooms and the occasional acid tab and psychedelics like (laughs) as one does. Yeah. Um, to, you know, dig deeper and try to figure out what the real reason was. And I did an acid trip at the end of 2022 and I mostly did it because I was so confused about my life and I had just quit my job to like pursue creating content full time. And I just had no idea where I wanted my life to go. So it was again during that trip when I felt like all I could think about was the pieces that were missing in my life and the pieces that were missing were connection and closeness and just partnership. I didn't really have that. I had a couple of best friends that I would spend time with and talk to all the time, but I just wanted intimacy. And that's kind of what that last acid trip taught me. Um, So I started to change a lot of my behaviors at the beginning of 2023. Um, I got into therapy to confront the issues that I was having with female friendships. I got into therapy to heal a lot of parts about childhood that also um, psychedelics helped me do. And I just felt like I needed to heal so many of those things before I could really open myself up to finding who I really am and who is the type of person I wanted. And um, I just feel like I became a lot more confident throughout this year because of therapy Mm -hmm. and because of you know mushroom and acid. Yeah, so, of course. Duh, duh. <laughs> but yeah, and that just led me to the life that I get to live today.
1: This is why I have so much respect for like queer people in general because you have to go so deep into mm-hmm. yourself and really question so many things to get to this point. Yeah. That there's like a thing when I I'm like I see you. I yeah. get it, you know. And it also is so weird there's like a tie between quitting jobs and like doing it. Cause I did the same thing. Yeah. I like came out and then I was like, I will not work for the man. I like, yeah. you know? yeah. I like quit my job and I was like, I'm going to do God knows what, but I had like the same moment. Mm-hmm. You just kind of turn away from everything yeah. that you're taught and you're like, what do I want? And yeah. what do I want to do? Yeah. I'm just, I'm over living
0: life like that. So this last year, I've just put so much work into myself personally. And I, I had a little ho phase in Europe and I was there for only a couple of weeks, but, um, I set up a threesome in Amsterdam and what was funny was.
1: Wait, you set it up. What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I was on hinge. I switched my hinge location to Amsterdam right before I flew out there. And I actually had it. I think I had it on both men and women. I matched with this guy who was like 40 something years old, Italian, had the exact look that I was looking for. And I said, I'm gonna fuck this man. So um, we got each other's WhatsApp information. We're talking, and he's like, Actually, I have this six foot three, 26 year old Dutch woman who I've been sleeping with who might wanna play with us. And I was like, Fuck it, let's You're do like, it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me more. So I went to meet them at a farmer's market when I got there. We had coffee together. We bought some food for lunch, went back to their place and cooked lunch together. Um, and we were out on his terrace, and we all started taking our clothes off. Oh my god! God. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then we just started playing together. But I thought I was going there to fuck him, and I didn't pay attention to him at all. I was so into his lady friend. She was just so nice. She had also had no experience with women, Mm. no experience in a threesome. So for me, that was exciting because it felt like I was on equal playing ground with someone rather than like a very seasoned lesbian telling me that I'm not enough for them, you know? So it was a lot of fun. And after that experience, I was like, I'm going to go back to the U S and have a bunch of threesomes with bi curious girls and their boyfriends, (laughs) but I'm going to make their boyfriends watch. I love this strategy. Yeah, yeah, that was a great strategy. I felt like like I was so confident and comfortable in that situation in Amsterdam that I thought like, well, maybe if I set up sex with like a straight man and his hot girlfriend The straight man makes it feel more familiar to me, Mm. but I won't even bother touching him. And I'll just like explore and experiment with his girlfriend. This is so smart.
1: Yeah. I thought it was a great strategy. It really is. And like, I'm not even kidding because being uncomfortable, like what you were saying, just jumping straight to like what I call an Olympic level lesbian (laughs) is. So scary yeah. and can keep you from going there. So, like, kind of easing into it that way and feeling like, okay, if you're bi curious, like we are on the same page mm-hmm. or level, that is like, so, yeah, it's
0: a great that's so smart. <laughs> yeah, super great strategy. Um, And when I came home from Europe, this was like sometime in June. I ended up sleeping with one more man. Um, just one-on-one and I was so like bored and disgusted by the experience. Not after all of these. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've had, I know. This. <laughs> <laughs> so it was after that I was like, okay, I'm finally done. Like this is the last man that I will ever sleep with. I just don't want this again. Wow. So I was still traveling quite a bit this summer. I went to Colorado for a camping trip with a bunch of girls who follow me. And um, we played a game called We're Not Really Strangers. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yes. Okay. It makes me cry every time. So once we got to the the crying round, um, <laughs> I kept getting a bunch of questions like, what are you missing in your life? What are you looking for? And I just kind of spoke into existence that I wanted a partner. I wanted a relationship. I was done being single. I had been single for six years at that point. Um, and I just, I wanted to find my person.
1: This was the universe speaking to you through We Are Not Really Strangers. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so two weeks after that Colorado trip, I hosted another camping trip in Alaska. And that's when I met this hot blonde girl named Meg. Um, and Who is also uh, sitting in
1: this room. Yeah, she is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and... It was a camping trip that I I host camping trips for women in national parks and really cool places around the world so we can go out and do badass things together. And she signed up for this trip. And when I went to meet all of the girls on the trip, they were all sitting in like a hotel lobby. I went around and gave everyone a hug, introduced myself. But as soon as I came to her, I was like, she's cute. She looks gay. I'm going to find out about her. I love this. So we immediately went to dinner as a group after that. The two of us ended up sitting right next to each other and she just made me laugh a lot at dinner and I just felt so comfortable with her and we kept getting to know each other a lot throughout the week. And we kept finding ourselves being very drawn to each other throughout the week. So um, as I'm learning more about her, I'm learning that she's like from Baltimore. She kind of had um, another situation back home, but she wasn't quite sure if it was right for her anymore. So um, we opened up about our experiences with dating and our other life experiences and things we're both going through. And we just connected so deeply throughout the week. And I was definitely developing some feelings for her, but I kind of didn't know that I had the green light to like turn it into anything beyond just like an innocent little crush. So About halfway through the week, we went on a like nine mile hike together. Oh my god! And we were together for probably six or seven hours, just alone. The rest of the group was on the hike as well, but we were we're fast and competitive hikers, so you know (laughs) we were far ahead and found our alone time. So we just had some really wonderful conversations and got to know each other deeply. And it was on that hike she asked permission to flirt with me, which I thought was so cute. cute and we both kind of regret not kissing each other at the top of that hike once we got to our destination but we'll have to go back and make that happen Mm -hmm. Um, but it was that hike that made me think like oh shit like this is the first time I've ever really felt feelings like this for a woman like I'm really developing a crush on her what's going to happen the rest of the week and what's going to happen after this trip she lives in Baltimore I live in LA
1: okay wait so was this like a gay, this wasn't like a gay panic moment. You felt good or was it scary?
0: It was kind of scary because I knew I was attracted to women, but I had never had like deeper emotional feelings for a woman before. And that's Mm -hmm. what I was setting out to find. Um, Other than, you know, trying to get sexual experience with women, I was still trying to look for that emotional connection. And this was the first time I had ever felt it. Wow. So and I'd never really felt this with a man either. So at 32 years old, for the first time ever, I'm finally experiencing what like a, a good crush feels like. Oh,
1: it's the coolest feeling. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we drove to this second campground. And once we got there, our trip guide said, OK, we have to split up a little bit. There are four campsites right next to each other. The majority of the group is going to be there two campsites that are spread out throughout the park you're going to be a little more alone so everyone else kind of quickly secured their spots at the main campsite and my girlfriend and I or she's my girlfriend now but we looked at each other and uh, just kind of assumed that we would put our tents next to each other so we did we went to set up at one of the more remote sites we had a lot more privacy so it was kind of at that moment when I was like okay something's going to go down this <laughs> week
1: <It's> <laughs> <happening>. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you asked and the universe
0: said, here you go. I was eye fucking her like crazy for the (laughs) second half of the week. And there were times when, you know, we'd be sitting next to each other at dinner and I'd press my leg against hers and my vagina was a waterfall. Let me tell you. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) It was. Oh, wow. There was just so much sexual tension between us. And on the second to last night, we were cooking dinner at camp, and we were all staying up pretty late. And the sun sets at like ten forty-five in Alaska at that time of summer. So I was planning to stay up late and like hang out with everyone. And I noticed she left to dinner pretty early and was like, "Okay, bye guys, I'm going to the tent." And I was like, "Damn it, she totally wants me to follow her."
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the signal. Yeah,
0: but I'm like hosting this trip. I want to hang out with all the girls who paid to come on the trip, you know. So. I wasn't quite ready to leave dinner and when I did it was maybe 20 minutes later and I see her like rustling around in her tent and she's like do you want to hang out so we hung out on the picnic table outside of our tent for a little bit and we talked for a while and she invited me into her tent and I rejected her on that night (laughs) yeah that is not what I was expecting I know um I said ask me again tomorrow Because I was scared shitless.
1: (laughs) I thought there was a lot more strategy involved. Yeah,
0: like like I was flirting pretty hard and I knew that would happen. But then once she asked, I was like, wait, I didn't have a plan for what happens after this. I might need like 24
1: hours to prepare.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. So we just said goodnight and she went into her tent. I went into mine. I found out later that she like maybe masturbated that night. But... (laughs) I might tell you to cut that one out later. I'm going to have to ask it's for fine, permission. It's fine. But we'll see.
1: Play <laughs> fair, baby. Yeah, we'll yeah, cut yeah. it later.
0: Yeah. I'm in. Uh, so the next day was our final full day in Alaska we were on this like six hour long boat cruise to view wildlife it was fucking fantastic wow Um, we kept like trying to stand apart or sit apart as much as possible because if we were together like it would just the sexual tension would just be so thick you know so um, afterwards there was a lot more like leg touching and eye fucking on the bus ride back to our campsite (laughs) it was raining that day so nobody was trying to hang out so it was it was great Perfect. it was so great we just like took a shower got to our tents and we were like, your tent or mine. And she came into my tent and I was just so fucking nervous (laughs) because this was like my first time one-on-one with a woman. I had only been in threesome situations. Oh my gosh. And I was freaking out. She didn't know that detail about me yet. So she came into my tent and immediately made a move just to like not make things awkward. And I just remember my mind was blown by the experience of sleeping with a woman. Um, I feel like with men, I had always been very performative and I didn't necessarily want to have sex with men, but I did it because I felt like I was supposed to. So I never really had like intense emotional experiences with men sexually, but with a woman, just like the way she held my body or touched me or kissed me, it just felt mind blowingly different. And it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that moment, I just I felt like my whole body was saying, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, I was hooked and um, it was raining that night. So. I told her to just sleep in my tent. She was like, what if you I'm are going- already
1: u hauling? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: You might as well just stay here. Your tent I is know. really far away. Yeah. It's like <laughs> 10 feet
0: over there and it's drizzling right now. You wouldn't want to get wet. <laughs> and, um, we fell asleep to the sound of rain in a tent, which was pretty fucking awesome. We huddled in the morning and I just didn't want that morning to end. So we had to pack everything up. We loaded into the van, had a three hour drive to the airport, and the trip was ending. We sat right next to each other on the bus with like a towel over us, and we were holding hands underneath the towel. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I uh, was sitting in the window seat, so I kept like turning to the window, crying, not letting, not trying not to let her see me. Because I just didn't want it to stop. Yeah. That was the first time I'd ever really had feelings for someone. Like, real feelings yeah so and i was about to say goodbye and send her back to baltimore that kind of it's horrible horrible so we get to the airport i say goodbye to everyone else and i save her goodbye for last and we had this really powerful hug like we we didn't want to stop hugging each other but then she pushed me away um And I understood why she was pushing me away because she had a complicated situation back home. So I just uh, went through security, cried in a bathroom for a while, um, sat at my gate and she had my number, but I didn't have hers. So I was just kind of waiting for her to text me. She texted me about 20 minutes later and was like, tell me what gate you're at. And I was like, this is my gate. And she said, I'm doing something crazy. I don't know if it's gonna work, but we'll see what happens. And I was like, how crazy are you getting in an airport girl? (laughs) I <laughs> no. So anyway, she paid to store her bags in the airport so that they would let her through security. And she came to say a proper goodbye because she wasn't satisfied with that first goodbye. Oh, my God. This is so romantic. I know. It's like a movie. Um, so she said, you know, I have feelings that developed for you this week and I want to explore them. We just need to do it the right way. I need to figure out what's happening back home and end the situation that's no longer serving me. And that's exactly what she did as soon as she got home and she booked a flight to LA. So, a week later, she came to visit me for nine days. Oh my God. Um, and it was the best week ever. You know, it was amazing. It was so fun. We got along so well. And we also navigated really hard conversations very well um, and very maturely. So I just, I could trust that I could be myself around her. I trusted that I could communicate really well with her. And it was hard to say goodbye at the end of that trip because we still didn't quite know what the future would hold for
1: us. Mm -hmm. So- I'd imagine if you're across the country, Mm -hmm. you're talking about like- some pretty big things right up front.
0: Yeah, well, we were both kind of in a place where we could be very flexible with our lives. Mm. She had been in Baltimore for 10 years. I'd been in LA for nine years. So a lot of the conversations we had were around her moving out to the West Coast somewhere, whether that be to California or Washington, Colorado, somewhere that would be easier to get to than Baltimore. Mm -hmm. We kept going back and forth, traveling for a couple of months, but she had known after like the first or second trip out to California that she was just going to move out here. So she made plans to drive across the country at the end of October. And I met her here in November. And uh, the plan was to just have her get a one bedroom apartment somewhere. She was subletting my friend's place. That's
1: always the plan. Always
0: the plan. (laughs) Um, But uh, she had a sublet at my friend's place for about two months. So at the end of that two months, we were like looking for one bedroom apartments for her. And started to have conversations about, you know, like what's the point of signing a one-year lease when we've already been together for five months? This is this fiscally doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make sense. She'd have to buy like all of her own furniture and like sell it again in a year because my furniture is really nice and colorful. So, um, <laughs> so like, why not just? look at what two bedroom options might be and we ended up finding a cute house in this neighborhood Yeah, we're neighbors now um and it's perfect for her dog too so the, the dog has a yard and no longer has to go back and forth between two different places it's fake. so it's fake so i am now a u-haul lesbian that was cheers, cheers to that, that. <laughs>
1: That is such a great
0: story. Yeah. Really went from zero to 60 in terms of like being a lesbian from like having zero female experience to you hauling. Like,
1: I mean, you had a lot of years to catch up on. Oh yeah. I kind of did the same thing a little bit. Like COVID forced me into a relationship where we were like Mm. basically living together. I mean, Mm -hmm. we weren't, but we were. And then it was like, and then we did the whole on off thing when we broke up. I was just like, I'm just going to get all of this out of the way right up front. And yeah. I mean, now you're here. Yeah, now i here. I love here. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So where are you at today with your sexuality, with your girlfriend? I just moved in with my girlfriend. We've been together
0: for almost six months, I think. Um, we're in the process of setting up our cute little colorful home, and I'm super excited about it. But um, yeah, it's just been fun.
1: She's the best roommate, best girlfriend. I'm I happy as it. fuck. I love it. What is the... Biggest piece of advice that you have for somebody that is struggling with their sexuality later in life or maybe kind of in that am I do I what do I do I would Period. say
0: it's never too late but also like start now Um So I don't know. I I feel like I get comments from people now that I have shared my story who are like, I'm 38 or I'm in my 40s and I'm confused and I'm scared because I don't know if other people are going to accept me for coming out so late. But in my experience of meeting other women on my journey to coming out, especially in the last year, I've met so many people who are around my age and just starting to figure it out. So it felt really nice for me to have friends who are even slightly older than me trying to date women and figure out their sexuality for the first time in their entire life. So there are so many people like us and Mm -hmm. you're never alone. And even if you live in a place where maybe it's not as accepted to be out and gay, like there's always a community for you, even if it's just on the internet. So just share your story, explore. It's never too late to explore and just get out there and try.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you're questioning a little bit, lean into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I was always so scared because of those first dating experiences with women where I felt rejected or turned away. But it just takes one person to make you feel safe and comfortable in a space that's non judgmental so that you can open up about your own journey, what's going on through your heart and mind.
1: And that for me was my girlfriend. Yeah, Yeah. don't, don't run away too soon Mm -hmm. because of people who are acting out their own like projections onto you. Like, I mean, I know it's hard to stand firm when you're new to your sexuality, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's, there's going to be a good one out there. Who's going to show you that it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. We take submissions from, you know, our community online and we got one that's kind of about you hauling. So I felt like it was appropriate. Perfect. (laughs) My girlfriend and I have been dating for three months and her lease is about to end. She doesn't want to sign another year lease, but I feel like things are moving a bit fast. What should I do?
0: I would try to ask yourself important questions about your relationship with that person. Like, are you moving together for like the financial benefits or just because she doesn't feel like signing a lease like are you doing it because it's convenient or would you move in because you really enjoy doing absolutely nothing together because there's a lot of that when you live with a partner you just sit around and do absolutely nothing Mm sometimes like are you going to enjoy their company in those moments and ask yourself if if you're going to be happy with that if you move in together or is it going to make you more annoyed so, yeah, you know, make you more yeah. that's, yeah.
1: that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Don't be afraid to make the leap, too. Yeah, it's kind of like if you feel it, you did it at two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Nicole throwing me out there. I was like, I mean, I had dogs on the other side of town. Yeah. I'm not driving these two big dogs, yeah. back Seriously. and forth every day. Seriously. So, I brought the dogs over and I said,
0: We're here now. I mean, that was kind of our excuse too. She had a dog who is now my dog and I'm obsessed with him, but he can't, you know, dogs getting anxiety if they're in too many places in a short period of time. So you got to think about them. Think about the dogs. That's my advice. Think about the dogs.
1: (laughs) I love that. Okay. Now we're going to play a game. It's you U-Haul or you ghost Okay. No in between. She shares a fork with her dog. Oh. (laughs) You all,
0: <laughs> I do this. <laughs> you do? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's like maybe gross for a second, but that's your baby. Exactly. Yeah. What
1: is the difference? There's no difference between my human baby and <laughs> yeah. my dog baby. Yeah. The moms are going to come. Hey. For us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You all, okay. She hasn't done her taxes for five years. Ooh, ghost really yeah <laughs> so i guess that's fair but when i met my girlfriend i hadn't done my taxes in three years.
0: <laughs> what do you mean like you hadn't filed yeah why how do you get in trouble <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i actually got money back oh okay. when i did that i was like wow why did i ever do this i think it's just like one of those i don't know putting yeah. off being an adult yeah <laughs> yeah like, god that sounds so annoying to have to go to h&r blog i know I know I (laughs) just pay someone to do it now
0: I don't want to think about it
1: (laughs) she's a huge swifty that's fine you all yeah yeah you say that until you have to go to the concert three times did you go to the concert? Actually years? I went twice. Twice? Okay. Yeah. okay.
0: I almost went to her concert in Buenos Aires. If I was there for another day I probably would have gone. So. I
1: feel like it's it was like a cultural moment.
0: Yeah I'm not a Swifty at all. The last time I listened to her music was when I was 22. So but I know she's a cultural icon yeah. and I'm down to support.
1: All right yeah. I love it. We we you hold a lot on that one. We, we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just do your taxes. That's the only <laughs> That's the only thing. Please, (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. It truly is like, I love doing this because I get to meet people that I'm just like, I'm such a big fan of you. So it's so cool to have you (laughs) on my couch and talk about gay shit. Hell yeah. It's cool to be here talking about gay shit. (laughs) I love it. Do you have any last words? We're going to toast with our cannabis drinks. Hell yeah. In dope kitchen fashion. Uh, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any last words? Just be yourself and don't be afraid of what anyone else says. Just do it cheers please check out dope kitchen at everywhere. everywhere TikTok, instagram youtube that i don't post to but we're not <laughs> <laughs> check her out follow us at made it out podcast me at mal Glowinke. thank you for being here another week also if you don't mind leave us a review or a, a rating that would be super super helpful we'll see you next week thanks for watching Today's episode is produced by Mathilde Jordan and edited by Mathilde Jordan, Hunter Hartz, and Emma Pitchell.
0: Men exist, I know. I just choose not to notice. Where are the girls at?